Your insurance needs are as unique as the work you do and the industry you're in. Having the right protection in place is just the start. There's so much you can do to mitigate risks to your business for today and as you grow. At Sovereign Insurance, we're here to help with valuable information, insights, tips, and tools to help you protect your operations. Visit SovereignInsurance.ca to learn more. As a small business owner, you are the business, and you know the time you're spending on payroll and HR could be spent in a hundred better ways. Ceridian PowerPay is fast, simple, and intuitive software trusted by over 40,000 Canadian small business owners like you. Automate your HR and payroll processes, keep track of compliance, and pay your people from your desktop or mobile phone. Free up time to focus on what really matters when it comes to your business, and get back to doing what you love with Ceridian PowerPay. Welcome to the Startup Canada podcast, a show serving Canada's entrepreneurship community. On this show, we connect you with the most innovative and entrepreneurial movers, shakers, and changemakers across Canada. With day-in-the-life stories and in-their-shoes experiences, we dive into the true grit of running startup and scale-up companies and the lives of those driving the entrepreneurial movement in Canada. The Startup Canada podcast is a production of Startup Canada, the national rallying community for Canada's 3.5 million entrepreneurs. Don't forget to subscribe to the show on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you listen to podcasts. I'm your host, Matt Curtis, and welcome to the show. Ladies and gentlemen, entrepreneurs from coast to coast to coast, welcome to the Startup Canada podcast. And today we're thrilled to have Vinod Rajasekharan, publisher and CEO of Future of Good, a new digital content platform with a mission to make the world of social impact smarter through digital content. Future of Good covers stories, innovations, and trends shaping social impact in Canada. Future of Good also produces the Future of Good Summit, the premier gathering of impact-focused leaders who want to navigate the trends, tensions, and transformations shaping how we do good. Vinod was co-founder and executive director of Impact Hub Ottawa, the largest multi-sector social innovation environment in Canada's capital. He also launched Canada's social R&D network as a fellow with SIG, working to seed ecosystem conditions to strengthen embedded R&D capacity in Canada's nonprofits. As a result of his work, Canada's new social finance fund includes capital for social R&D. Vinod is on the advisory board to the Equality Fund. He was designated as a global shaper by the World Economic Forum, is a member of the Bant Forum community, and is a recipient of the Queen Elizabeth II Diamond Jubilee Medal for his contribution to Canada. Welcome to the show, Vinod. Thanks for having me. Not a problem. We're happy to have you today. So before we dive into things today, I want to ask you, what is the main thing you want social entrepreneurs to take away from our conversation today? Find their story um, and find a way to tell their story uh, well uh, in an authentic way. That's sort of what I would say. And I find that so important, too, and, and really a key kind of advice for every entrepreneur everywhere, but I would say even more so in the social entrepreneur space in the sense that really what the, the focus of the business is, isn't, uh, it's not even so much on, you know, what it is you're doing. It's, it's what you're trying to address, what problem it is you're trying to fix and disseminating and distributing, uh, that message to as many people as possible in the best format to reach those people as possible really does seem to be something that's so important with social entrepreneurship. Yeah, it is. Um, and I, I think, listen, I think it's sort of, um, what I would sort of say is, um, I, 
you know, we're we're really in a this sort of pivotal moment in time right now. Um, where we're in the sort of the the, the 2020s, um, and uh, this decade will really is the sort of the decade for us to demonstrate uh, to future generations, um, you know, our courage and audacity and how much we actually care about the future of humanity uh, and the planet. And that's the time we're in. Right. So the sense of urgency is great. Um, the need for creativity is high. Uh, and um, and so we have to sort of think about what all that sort of means for uh, the world of uh, social impact. Um, and there are people uh, in this uh, space who are working really hard um, to improve people's lives uh, in mental health, um, in women's rights and tackling hunger, um, helping to welcome and settle uh, newcomers, uh, all kinds of um, all kinds of uh, areas. Um, and what's really interesting is that um, the world of social impact is experiencing uh, two things at the same time right now. Uh, it's experiencing massive growth. Uh, so there's more social entrepreneurs and social enterprises today uh, than there ever been uh, in Canada. Uh, the global impact investing market is about you know, $230 billion uh, and growing every year. All kinds of really exciting work happening in uh, tech for good and smart cities. So just there's a ton of growth, which is really awesome. Um, the other side to, uh, uh, to uh, the coin is that we're experiencing um, uh, a lot of change. Um, there's, you know, demographic shifts underway. Uh, you know, the, the 2019 global climate strike was the largest climate protest in world history. Um, what, is, what does that mean? Um, you know, we're in the era of reconciliation and decolonization. Um, there's a whole lot of disruptive technologies that are going mainstream uh, really fast. Um, you know, the trust in civil society organizations and not-for-profits and charities um, is stupidly low. Like, you know, uh, if you look at the sort of the, the recent uh, Edelman Trust Barometer, uh, globally about 57% of people trust nonprofits. Um, and in Canada, um, mm. you know, because we're a bit nicer, it's 67%. <laughs> uh, but, uh, <laughs> but that's still, it's still really low. Um, and so what does that mean, right? And, um, and then, you know, you have things like changing... Uh, um, uh, donor behavior, like you know, you look at sort of the growth of uh, charitable donations around the world. Um, uh, charitable donations are growing uh, by about sort of four to five percent uh, year over year, um, but crowdfunding uh, is growing by about thirty-five percent year over year. It's, it's it's massive, and so what does that really mean? So we're in this sort of um, really interesting sort of time um, where there is a massive growth uh, and rapid change. So. Uh, so the question we, you know, we're sort of faced with is how do we enhance lives um, at a time of massive growth and rapid change? And and that's if I, if I could just interject for a second, that's that's where I really did want to know um, how and where this motiva motivation for future of good came from, because it, it really does seem like there's so much noise, so much change, so many heads spinning in different directions, especially with the way that information is packaged, sent, and distributed across. And I was wondering if that motivation for Future of Good came from just so much on so many different channels going and saying, okay, we need an organization that can package and present this information in a way that people can actually understand, digest, and then take action on afterwards. Yeah, that's that's really it. I mean, uh, you know, um, the, the thing is, is, we need to learn as fast as the world is changing. Right. So then the question kind of becomes, as you sort of said, uh, what's the best way for people um, who are driven by social impact to learn? Uh, and if you look at all the sort of literature out there, um, you know, one of the top ways 
that people learn is through stories. More than any other form of learning, right? And there's a reason why stories have been with us for thousands of years, right? So, because uh, they work, because they work, and so and and people can ask you, like, if I ask you, you know, like, what's a story from your childhood that you know you learned something from? You could probably no two minute account. Yeah, you probably, you'll probably you know uh, think about <laughs> it, and you'll probably remember it. Um, and the reason you'll remember it because it probably changed you in some way. Right. So when you craft a story that has a really neat insight, uh, a nugget of learning, you can move hearts and move minds. And that's, you know, super magical as it is impactful, because um, there's really no damn way we're going to improve people's lives in any meaningful or significant way uh, if we don't change the way we learn and we don't start learning regularly because the world's just moving too fast. Right. For mm -hmm. a, a once a year conference or a, you know, uh, a once a quarter webinar or taking a degree in uh, college or university. Those are all like really good things. Um, and uh, but what we've been hearing is people don't even want to sit through a 90 minute webinar. They don't want to learn from a 25 page PDF report. Right. People want uh, smart insights, but no one has time for learning. Uh, and this country is also stupidly big, so people can't go to Toronto or Ottawa all the time. And, you know, like, you know, at start of Canada, I'm sure, you know, knows all about that, right? And so, so, mm -hmm. um, so this is really about, you know, um, uh, how can we give people smart content that's fit for busy lives? Mm -hmm. And that's, and that's, again, exactly what, uh, what I want to move into next, which kind of leads in perfectly into the next question, which is what are... If you could narrow it down to three, if there are more than that, please expand on them. But if you could narrow it down to three, what are the kind of boxes that need to be ticked for content for future of good to feature? Right. So let, let me let me kind of rephrase that then, if, if that's not landing in the first uh, set. What what does every single piece from future of good have in common? What are the common linkages coming from the content? that say, okay, this is exactly how we're, this is what exactly we need on our channels. This is the type of content that we want to produce to our audience. How does Future of Good package their stories in a way that's smart, that is easy to digest, and that is time sensitive? Yeah, so I'll sort of answer that kind of two ways. And because what we're, what we're, um, uh, we're really kind of looking at where uh, learning is going and how people want to learn. And so content has to be, um, bite-sized, it has to be curated, it has to be jargon-free, um, it has to be digital and so on. So that's the sort of the arc that we're on. Uh, but there's a few types of stories that we craft and tell. And this probably sort of gets at sort of the, the meteor side of your, of your question. Um, the first is we really want to um, spotlight the creativity and ingenuity uh, in the world of social impact. Uh, so people can kind of learn from what's getting traction um, and learn from what others have already figured out, right? And so um, we did a really amazing story uh, on Arctic Fresh, uh, which is a social enterprise that won mm -hmm. Startup Canada's Social Enterprise Award, right? Uh, they're doing great Yeah, work. and they're doing some fantastic work. So we did a, uh, an amazing story on how they're addressing uh, food security, and there's some really neat insights in there. We also did a story on, um, on Ample Labs um, in Toronto, and this is a, a tech company that's using AI to address homelessness. Right. So um, really interesting sort of stuff. So um, that's one type of story that we tell. The second type of story is uh, we want to sort of shine a light on emerging trends 
uh, you know, tensions, you know, things that are kind of, um, you know, at the margins or fringes right now, um, not sort of, you know, mainstream or common quite yet, uh, but probably will be in the next sort of, um, you know, five years, you know, things that are slightly outside of people's field of vision, you know, and so we t- we, we've taken things like, you know, all of a sudden people are talking about uh, feminism and intersectionality and people are like, what is intersectionality? Someone please explain it to me, right? And so mm-hmm. we did a whole explainer on intersectionality. Um, and that was, you know, one of our, um, one of our top, um, uh, pieces of content, um, in 2019. Uh, the other thing that we, that we did is we know that cryptocurrencies and digital currencies is really, um, growing in a big way, but, uh, less than 1% of charities, um, are set to receive donations, uh, and disperse cryptocurrency, right? Um, but UNICEF recently just said that UNICEF is a massive UN agency. It's global. Um, it's in every country. Uh, and, um, uh, they announced that they are, uh, accepting and dispersing uh, digital currency. And so we did a bit of a sort of a show and tell on like, you know, how did they do it? Um, what's the journey that they went through? How are they benefiting so far? Uh, and then we also looked at, um, you know, Pathways to Education, which is a charity uh, in Canada. And um, they were the first charity, this was back in like 2012, I think, uh, to accept uh, donations in Bitcoin. Uh, and um, so we talked about how pathways did it, what they've learned, how they've benefited, uh, and so on. So that's sort of the second type of story that we that that we tell. Um, and then and the last is sort of you know stories that are really kind of game changing for this place that are slightly sort of timely or newsy. So we covered the launch of um, you know the Equality Fund as an example. We covered the launch of you know um, the National Center for the uh, Sustainable Development Goals. Um, we talked about and profiled uh, TD's um, uh, fairly new. Uh, data analytics program for nonprofits. So those are the kinds of things, the types of stories that we cover. And ultimately, like you know, we're probably we want to publish stories that make you smarter. Mm. You know what? That's uh, that's honestly as far as content goes, and as far as the uh, the bite sized content that uh, like it to me, honestly, that just sounds like a, one of the best taglines for an organization I think I've ever heard. <laughs> Thank you. Really, we we publish things that make you smarter. And uh, it's it's interesting uh, for me because I actually my my education uh, was in journalism, and um, to me it's 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 always been this um, really honing news down to somebody doing something for a reason is uh, having that as as the crux of what the information you're trying to disseminate is, and putting this lens on it of well, the lens of future of good really that this lens of this is the information you need to you know, really be not only ready for the change that's coming, but how to best prepare yourself for just the future of how not only industry is shifting, but how the future of the world is shifting and the content that you need to kind of keep up with it is is so interesting to me. Because again, this is what uh, really the goal of, I would say, almost every news organization, news outlet is. And, and I was wondering, how have you noticed the type and traction of impact that uh, you've received with future? Yeah, so it's, far? A, it's a good question. I mean, um, you know, uh, 
we had our um, soft launch in mid-January uh, 2019. Um, so uh, it's uh, it's coming up to coming up to about a year. Mm. Uh, but sort of you know like broadly speaking, kind of numbers wise, like you know we've um, uh, we've hit about uh, you know 250,000 um, sort of total page views. Uh, we're averaging about you know uh, thank you uh, averaging about sort of you know um, uh, four pages a session. Our bounce rate is about 10. percent So like all that is like is 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 great. Um, you know, we're, we're covering, in addition to sort of covering the world of social impact, we're working with really amazing brands like Evergreen and Mars and Windmill Developments to kind of craft custom content um, in uh, topics like smart cities and, and impact investing and so on. Um, we've covered some incredible conferences um, in, our, in our inaugural year. Uh, we were at True North, which is a big tech for good summit in Waterloo. Um, we, were, we covered Social Finance Forum in Toronto, the Future Cities Canada Summit. And we produced, when we're at these conferences, we produce a, uh, um, a daily digest, uh, sort of smart synopsis kind of newsletter. Uh, and our readers love them. Like they, you know, so we kind of at the end of each day, we sort of, mm-hmm. you know, put together here are the key insights from the day. And we push those out. And the open rates for these newsletters are kind of ridiculous. They're about like 70%. Um, and, uh, you know, that's like 50% over like industry average. So, uh, but most of all, though, uh, most of all, what I'm really excited about um, is um, the, the kind of the, uh, the diversity of our readership. Right. So, um, you know, we have teams and humanitarian agencies like Canadian Red Cross to, you know, impact ventures like Benevity and Cotton to impact investing firms like Van City Community Investment Bank and Rally Assets to charities like United Way and Minerva to, you know, like foundations, uh, philanthropic foundations like Tides Canada and, you know, CSR teams at IBM to, you know, public servants and even like senators, right? So like, uh, like I'm, I'm really excited about the, the composition of our readership. And of course, like our readers are super happy, uh, you know, 90% of them, you know, say that, you know, they learn something new every time they read our content. Uh, 85% of them say that our, you know, impact insider weekly briefing helps them stay informed. Uh, and, um, and about 80% say that they, you know, gain a new perspective, um, on their work every time they read a future of good story. So all those like are, are really good. And so that's sort of the initial traction that we're getting. And we're really excited to see where we go from here. So Vinod, it's, it's true to say that, uh, that really what future of good is, is, uh, a content company. Is that correct? Yeah. I'd say we're, yeah. Digital content, um, company. Mm-hmm. Would you consider the work that you do journalism? Yeah, it's a, you know, it's a, it's a question that we've been asking ourselves for about, well, a year and a half or so. And, um, uh, you know, I'll sort of share this, share, share this with you now, but you know, we, we started calling ourselves a digital media company. Um, and, uh, you know, like our, our stories, they're, they're, you know, we're not a, we're not a news organization. There's, you know, we don't do breaking news or anything like that. Um, there's some stuff, uh, that is, that is timely, but about 95% of our content is, is, uh, purposefully evergreen. Um, and, uh, we want folks, um, to refer to them, uh, to look back at them, to reference them. Um, that's sort of what we, what we were looking for. Um, so it, it's like more, we want to sort of build a, a sort of a library, um, of really, um, useful, exciting, worthwhile content, um, that's meant to drive your growth and development. 
right? Um, and so when we started calling ourselves a digital media company, um, uh, you know, I, there were certain triggers for people that I didn't even realize, right? So people were sort of saying, oh, digital media, oh, media, oh, okay, so are you, um, mm. are you left-leaning, right-leaning, like, where are you, <laughs> you know? and so, mm -hmm. uh, and uh, I was like, oh, um, right, I, 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 yeah, good question, I, you know, so there was all these, <laughs> you know, things that sort of came up, and then, of course, people were asking, who's backing you? Like, you know, tell me who your backers are, you know? Um, and uh, so the, uh, the types of questions that we were getting um, and, uh, you know, the, the media industry, the news industry in particular, um, you know, has been going through, um, you know, uh, so much uh, in the last little while. And, and, you know, from a trust perspective, from, a, you know, uh, <clears throat> engagement perspective and so on. And, um, uh, and, you know, and one, it didn't really make sense for us to call ourselves, um, uh, you know, a uh, media company because we're, we're not. Um, and then the types of things that it triggered for people was really interesting. Um, and so then we sort of did a bunch of tests and started calling ourselves a digital content platform instead of a digital media platform. Um, and then so when we talk about who we are, we said, oh, you know, we're a digital media, we're a digital content platform. And, uh, and none of these questions about whether you're, are you left-leaning or right-leaning or tell me who's backing you and who's funding you? Like all that went away, which is really interesting for us. And uh, I mean, uh, ultimately we see ourselves as um, people who, you know, craft stories and tell stories. Uh, and, um, but the thing that we ask ourselves is um, what will people learn from this? Like every pitch that we get, we ask this question because that's we feel that's a really important question to ask. We don't write about, you know, organizations losing millions of dollars, or you know, we don't report that uh, you know this big CEO is stepping down. We don't we don't do any of that kind of stuff, right? Um, and uh, and so for every sort of story idea that we come up with um, or that um, that we get pitched, um, we have to be able to answer the question what will people learn from this mm. and and yeah really what's what's the value add to our uh, to our ideal to our ideal audience and that's that's the interesting thing to me because again it, as you mentioned before your audience is so diverse it's so uh it, it uh, well again it's both niche and mm -hmm. yeah it's, it's it's niche but it, it is diverse mm -hmm. yeah exactly and, and yeah. that's and that's to me again from the perspective of a of a content creation company it, you know it's so typically aligned with just having you know a specific audience uh, tied to it, uh, both for its own survival and for its own, uh, its own relevance and, and everything like that. But, um, this is just such an interesting case because it really is, uh, again, like you said, a, <laughs> a diverse niche, if you will. Yeah, it is. And we don't, you know, there are, um, uh, digital content platforms that are, if you will, niches within niches. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, that is a bit too niche. Um, uh, but we also, and there's the other end of the spectrum where, you know, you're really broad, um, like, a, uh, you know, um, uh, you know, a Huff post or something, uh, where you're covering all kinds of stuff from celebrities to politics to, you know, a whole bunch of different things. Uh, and you have an impact section, right? Um, so that's the sort of the, at the, at the other end of the spectrum. And, uh, we wanted to, uh, be somewhere in between where, uh, it is niche. 
Um, but there are, uh, you know, um, six or seven, uh, you know, very, um, uh, you know, distinct content tracks that, um, that we uh, craft stories around. And so, you know, uh, tech for good, philanthropy and social finance, global issues and the sustainable development goals, you know, cities and communities, diversity and inclusion. Like, you know, so we have these. And then there are, there are companies that are, you know, just are super niche and that they only talk about philanthropy, right? Um, so we didn't want to, we didn't want to do that. And we didn't want to sort of go super broad. And so um, what's resonating so far um, is that um, uh, in our audience's impact focused people. And so this is multi-sector, it's multidisciplinary, uh, and um, it's people who are actively volunteering and working um, uh, with, with, uh, with, a, uh, with a purpose. Uh, and um, and so uh, you know there are areas of interest for them um, that they're working in. Um, it could be gender equality, it could be climate action, uh, it could be um, uh, homelessness. Uh, but they're interested, you know, across uh, across multiple areas and stories. And so um, uh, yeah, it's been it's been really interesting to sort of see what resonates with people. Uh, and um, so far, our approach of this, you know, being um, uh, niche. Um, uh, and but still having uh, you know a um, a really interesting sort of uh, uh, breadth and diversity uh, seems to resonate. Mm. And having that, I, I would say that it seems like you have uh, you have well covered this umbrella of um, of social impact being this this genre this niche that you occupy and having the specific channels of it being philanthropy or gender equality or homelessness or things of that ilk underneath that umbrella is is really what I would, uh, from my own understanding, seems to be your uh, your genre there. And I think um, where I would like to steer the conversation next is um, more towards uh, the general, in a general sense, um, the experience of being a social entrepreneur and how the field has evolved. And if you could answer that and then follow that up with how you think being a social entrepreneur in the content production sphere, uh, what the general sense of that is and how you feel that that has evolved since the start. Right. Yeah. Um, how has this field evolved? Uh, it's, I mean, listen, it's, um, as I said before, the the field is experiencing massive growth and massive change, right? And so um, there's uh, there's all kinds of stuff that is um, um, that is driving that uh, that growth and change. And uh, a, a big thing, of course, is that um, there are a lot of young people, in particular, who um, you know want their careers to have a purpose. And so uh, they're choosing uh, to become, you know, social entrepreneurs. They're choosing to to work um, in social purpose organizations, uh, and that's really exciting, right? And so, uh, and that's driving the um, uh, the interest and the growth of the of the field. Um, and but I think there's a really interesting sort of in that um, you know um, sort of arc of this field um, mainstreaming, if you will. Um, there is a bit of a tension, right? Uh, and that tension that we'll have to kind of grapple with and navigate is this sort of is this field really niche or do we sort of let it go mainstream? Um, and um, and it's a very it's a very real tension. Why can't every entrepreneur be a social entrepreneur? It's a fair question, right? Uh, and um, and you know you have if you sort of polled and Mars did this if you polled every you know incubator and accelerator in the country and asked the companies there 
hey, do you feel like your company um, has a, um, uh, you know, um, a, um, a, a social purpose or if you feel that you are positively impacting the lives of others, you know, most people, my guesses would say yes. <laughs> so, right. So um, which is really uh, amazing because that means the sort of the mindset um, of companies um, you know, having a triple bottom line or the mindset of companies um, uh, really, you know, um, uh, bettering the lives of others is, uh, is going mainstream. And that's amazing. Um, but then there are people um, who you can kind of call them, you know, purists, if you will, um, who, uh, you know, um, would also want to see social entrepreneurship remain um, niche. Uh, and, uh, and there's, you know, there's benefits to that too. Uh, mm. so I think that's a sort of, uh, as this field, uh, grows, uh, and, uh, expands, um, that is a, a tension that will, that we'll have to, uh, that we'll have to face. Um, the two other things I'll sort of quickly mention on, on sort of how this field is evolving, um, is, um, there is, there is still, you know, 10,000 times more capital in how we support mainstream and commercial innovation uh, than how we support, uh, you know, innovation that very intentionally betters people's lives, mm. right? Which is social innovation, right? Um, and, um, and if you just kind of just look at the suite of um, infrastructure and institutions and supports, um, it is wild, you know, from your kind of your banks to, you know, export, you know, institutions to incubators and accelerators to pitch competitions to all kinds of stuff, clusters, you know, all kinds of stuff. Right. So, um, and what I think is, is missing, uh, in many ways is, you know, we know that we want the economy to grow that creates jobs and prosperity. And, uh, and that's a good thing. Um, and so we make some very, uh, intentional and, you know, directed investments, um, in doing that. Um, we also know that there are some serious, serious challenges facing, um, Canadians and Canada, um, from climate change to, to uh, uh, affordable housing, to a whole range of other things. And again, we need to come up with some really amazing creative solutions for these. So the question then becomes like, how do you begin to invest in it in a way that, you know, addresses the problem at the scale the problem is in, right? Um, you know, if you have an affordable housing problem um, that really is going to cost the economy in the next decade, you know, billions of dollars because the affordability has become you know top issue for you know every young Canadian in the country. Like, investing you know one million dollars uh, into some sort of um, you know uh, housing grant project is not going to cut it. So so you need to kind of right size this a little bit. Um, the third thing that I'll sort of quickly mention as we're as the space uh, as this field is evolving and growing um, is this field has become uh, you know professionalized in the last ten years or so, and that's a really really awesome thing. You know, it's become uh, you know you can go to colleges and universities and do bachelor's degrees and master's degrees and certificate programs in social entrepreneurship and social finance and social innovation, which is really amazing. Um, and, um, and so that professionalization, uh, I think is a really good thing well, it's, for it's, the field. It's, it's lending the credibility to it and, and saying that, you know, this yeah. is a viable way forward. This is something that works. And here, you know, here's a stamp of approval on, uh, 
on so many different things for this model. And, and I think really, as we wrap up our conversation here today, I want to, what, what I really would like uh, you to be able to share with the audience is what you think the most tangible takeaway is for them to implement in their business if they're considering becoming a, uh, a social entrepreneur or if they are an entrepreneur and they find themselves after this episode asking, well, why can't I be a social entrepreneur? Right. Yeah. Like, listen, like the world of social impact is growing. Like there are so many young professionals and social entrepreneurs entering the field uh, because, as I said, they want a purposeful career. Um, but the big question, I think, um, is for, 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 for us is how are they going to grow? Right. Like, are we going to learn at the same rate that people did 10, 15 years ago? I don't think so. And so our sort of um, uh, aim here is, is really to democratize learning through stories. Uh, and bring people really smart insights through digital content that helps them keep their finger on the pulse, understand what's around the bend, and kind of learn from what people have already sort of figured out. Uh, and so uh, one of the best things that I would say is, is invest in your own growth and development, right? So that you can grow in your career. Uh, and, um, and if you're really excited about bettering the world, um, you know, like I'm saying, you know, check out Future of Good because I think um, this content is meant to support people's growth and development in a really compelling uh, storytelling format. Mm. Vinod, I can't thank you enough for for coming on the show today and and sharing uh, not only your experience, expertise, and wisdom, but uh, but your view in that there is uh, there is a way to to package and share information that um, that can really have the the core takeaway of it be this is here for you to learn. This is exactly what this is meant for. And this is, uh, this is packaged and delivered to you in a way that is, is sensitive to, uh, the time that you have in order to digest this and the complexity of the issues surrounding it. So thank you for that. And, uh, again, um, I know myself, I'm, I'm excited to see and, and check out the website. And if there is ways that uh, people want to connect with you, or if let's say if people have a story that they want to share or that they want to pitch, how would they go about doing that? Yeah, uh, you can go on our website. If there's a story that you'd like to pitch, um, you can hit the sort of the contact us and there's a sort of a, a form there that you can uh, that you can submit. Um, if you'd like to um, access our content, we, you know, we've just sort of launched memberships uh, and it's 10 bucks a month. So, um, you know, kind of the price of two lattes and cheaper than Netflix. So um, uh, that's probably one of the best investments you can make in your own growth and development. Vinod, thank you again so much for your time today. And I'm looking forward to seeing what you get up to. Wonderful. Thank you so much. Thank you for joining us this week on the Startup Canada podcast, a show dedicated to unlocking the potential of every entrepreneur with access to inspiring stories and tangible lessons to help you run your business. Until next week, I'm your host, Matt Curtis. Go check out the latest startup community news and upcoming events like our popular hashtag startup chats on Twitter every Wednesday and Friday at 12 p.m. Eastern. 